Welcome to Maker Mom, a podcast where I explore the stories of Maker Moms and the life they lead. Each week, I will bring you the behind the scenes story of a new Maker Mom. I'm Katie Freeman, a furniture designer and content creator running FreemanFurnishings.com and your host of the Maker Mom podcast. You can find Maker Moms hanging out in the Facebook community at Maker Moms and on the web at MakerMomPodcast.com. If you love what you hear, please subscribe, leave a stellar review, and share this out with other Maker Moms you know. Hello and welcome to episode 120 of the Maker Mom podcast. Today's guest is... Um, A little, you know, kind of extra special for me. Her name is Alicia and she runs Basil Blue. Um, I have actually known Alicia since I was a kid. I believe I probably met her when I was around eight years old um, through a totally (laughs) different and unrelated context to uh, what I do now. But it was really great to get to chat with her, have her on the podcast, learn more about her story. I always knew she was an artist. Um, but really getting into, you know, where that comes from, what she has passion for, and now, uh, getting into woodworking. So there's lots of giggles and laughter on this episode. Um, and I just had a great time having Alicia on, but before we hop into the interview, I want to give a big shout out and thanks to the patrons over on Patreon. So thank you so much, Kevin Lefty's Woodshop, Christy Twisted Twine, Christina B., Jeremy Spies, Sammy Go Sammy Lee, Lauren Rasp File Designs, Sven Dwarf Size Workshop, Rachel Moody Makes, Toolmombani, Toolmomstore.com, Laura Oakley Soap Company, Mary Lou Made by Mary Lou, Amy Bison Valley Carving, Dan and Kelly Reclaim Living Store, Brandy Studio Obey, Kathy One Girl and Her Tools, Ellen Little Bear Furniture, and Ethan, Ethan Carter Designs, thank you also very much for your ongoing and continued support helping me to produce two episodes a week, every week. And with no further ado, here is Alicia of Basil Blue. Uh, I already warned you, but the first part, the first part is uh, I have my guests introduce themselves. So I'm going to let okay. you do that. Right on. Okay, my name is Alicia Van Osdahl, and I am born and raised in Des Moines, Iowa. And um, yeah, where do you start? You want to go all the way back <laughs> to the beginning, or do you want to? <laughs> well, in a, in a nutshell, uh, <laughs> go ahead. Are you going to ask me something? No, you can say, do your in a nutshell. In a nutshell, who are yeah. you? In, in a nutshell, uh, mother of two grown young man. I have a 21-year-old and a 25-year-old. My husband's nickname is Bubba. I got a cat and a dog that follow me everywhere. Um, I am raised by a very artistic family, I would say, on my dad's side and um, my mom's side too. They had like creative survival mode and, um, you know, sort of sent me on a path to art school um, and uh, lived up and down the Midwest in Minnesota and Kansas City and brought me back to Des Moines and then out to Colorado and back to Iowa again. So, you know, there it is. That's it. (laughs) There it is. All right. (laughs) What would you say, like, if you define what you currently do, how do you define that? Artist or? 
Yeah. I mean, I, I get like, I'm one of those people that have my hands in so many things that it's kind of like, uh, I love a good, unpredictable day. I, I was never really good about going to the office or, you know, sitting beside behind four walls. And um, so my typical day is it's either um, a computer day where I'm doing some research and design or um, a shop day where I'm working in the wood shop now. I, I My background is graphic design. So I have a lot of experience with uh, graphic design and advertising and marketing and um, I just was ready to get out on my own after a few years in that, in that direction. And, and then that's so why I've been freelancing ever since and um, had decided maybe about 10 years ago that um, the hobby side of my life with woodworking and fixing stuff in my house or, or homes that we've had and remodeling and then doing projects for people in their homes was something that I could make a go of. And um, that's where it's led me to. And then things got really heavy and very busy. And I, I couldn't rely on, you know, my helpers all the time because they had their own lives and stuff. And so it kind of comes down to now I've figured out a niche where um, I really enjoy making um, um, like heirloom pieces for people. So if they bring me something and they say, I have this old table or I have this old whatever, then can you do something with it or change it into something that's more modern for my life and, and something I want to have and use and, and yada, yada. So, yeah. Okay. okay. So <clears throat> we'll go back slightly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you can pick and choose out of that. <laughs> slightly. Yeah. Um, okay. So you said you were influenced by your parents in yeah. an artistic way. So tell me yeah. a little bit more about that. My dad, um, has always been creative. He's a really great artist and, um, worked for Meredith corporation for, um, the cookbook department for about 26 years. And, um, was a painter and, an, and a, a charcoal artist and, and, you know, several different types of media and stuff. And, uh, I kind of enjoyed watching him do that when I was younger. And, um, I guess my first introduction to, to tools was I had a, a little doll that it was a baby that away. I that kind of dates me a little bit. I don't know if anybody's heard of that before or not, but you put a battery in its butt and it used to crawl, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> It's uh, it stopped working one day and uh, its leg fell off. So my dad said, I was like, oh, I fix it. Can you fix it? And he's like, you fix it. There's the garage. There's the tools. You fix it. So uh, probably my first project was ever with a brace and bit. <laughs> when I got that leg back on, it didn't work anymore, but. <laughs> it's got the leg back it, on. Yeah. It was all right. We fixed <laughs> but yeah, no, my dad went to art school. My, my uncles went, uh, went to art school. My grandpa was an engineer and, um, my, my grandma on my mom's side was, uh, born and raised in a farming family. And so always really creative with food and, and gardening and, uh, mm-hmm. fixing things around their home. Cause there just wasn't a lot of money. So that I qualify all of that as super creative, but. Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so did they, well, I, I guess I'm assuming you went to art school. You said you yeah. went to art school. So they did probably didn't even bat an eye about you going to art. School. No, they kind of expected it. And I actually tried not to, you know, I was going to do something else. I'm going to do my own thing. And then I got to college at, at UNI, University of Northern Iowa. And I was like, hmm, I don't fit in here. <laughs> I mean, like the art department was great, but it wasn't quite as much as I wanted of it. So mm-hmm. um, I ended up going to my dad's alma mater uh, at Kansas City Art Institute. And mm-hmm. I had another uncle that had gone there as well. So 
that was kind of a cool transition, small school, a little bit more mm-hmm. um, able to try every kind of medium that you could think of. And that was really fun for me. So did so. you get into graphic design there? Mm-hmm. Okay. I was very concerned that, um, or at least my dad was concerned, that, you know, starving artists is it, it holds water. So you, you got to find mm-hmm. some way to be able to, to make something of it. And, um, yeah, I went into graphic design thinking that is probably the easiest way to make a paycheck. And, um, I, I'm really glad that I did because I learned a lot in, um, making everything by hand at that time period, you know, computers didn't really, um, sit on anyone's desk until maybe five years after I was out of school. And Mm -hmm. they, as soon as I had graduated, I had gone back for an additional class that I wanted to take. And she said, remember all that stuff we taught you over the last four years? Um, that no longer holds water. (laughs) She's like, you're going to have to learn how to use a computer. I was like, oh no. So I had all these, you know, handcrafting skills that weren't going to be utilized by, you know, making your own lettering and all that stuff anymore. So, um, off to the printing company, I went after that mm-hmm. to learn some, <laughs> learn some hands-on stuff, but. Which is interesting. Cause I feel like now it's like cool. Yeah. Like, quote unquote, cool to yeah. do all of that. It by is. Hand. It like, is it's very nice to know how to do it. Well, I haven't done it for a long time, but I could, I could dive in. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I feel like artists that I I follow a few artists on like Instagram and stuff that mm-hmm. like they do the hand lettering and they lay out all the graphic design by hand and like yeah some of that stuff still ends up on the cover of Time magazine so yeah. it's like yeah. it's not dead it's yeah just- <laughs> it's kind of a full circle it's a it's a like an old fi- fashion art but it's really cool to see the letterpress and all that stuff mm-hmm. coming back yeah yeah that's do you get to do any work anymore with, like when you said you had computer days, are you still doing graphic design? Yeah. I, I mean, I did freelance graphic design for about 20 years and then I sort of phased it out of my regular day-to-day stuff about 10 years ago, you know, seven, but I still have probably a handful of clients um, that I work with. Um, mm-hmm. I do a lot of logo design and mm-hmm. um, I would love to you know, get my hands on something like a, a restaurant, you know, if somebody's opening up some cool little place and they, they need, mm-hmm. you know, graphic design for a logo and a menu and, you know, and then interior design for, you know, woodworking and, mm-hmm. and, and making the space really cool. I would love to be part of something like that, but um, that has yet to come around. It actually came around once and I moved to Colorado. And so I couldn't take the job. <laughs> I was like, oh, yes, that's a missed opportunity. But um, anyway, maybe, maybe again, someday it'll come back around. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I still do graphic design quite a bit, but, but not full time. Okay. okay. So were you freelancing when your kids were little then? Mm-hmm. That's, that's when I went out on my own. Harry was probably, um, four, I guess. Yeah. He was four and Max was newborn. Um, I had finished up at the ad agency that I was working at and thought I kind of would rather have more one-on-one time with the clients to be Mm -hmm. able to get, um, get them what they need. And, um, I learned a ton at the ad agency and stuff like that, but it was, it was time for me to step out on my own. And, and, um, I started small. It was, it was pretty, 
I mean, it was fun and, and a whole new challenge of running your own business. And you think, oh my God, all the things that you never think of, you know, what, well, you know, with running your own business, the billing and the, you know, your, your 12 hats at the same time. And it's mm-hmm. not just about the art. And I was like, okay, this is, this is going to be interesting, <laughs> but yeah. it's both, it's both, it's like, I was super scared to do it. Like it was mm-hmm. always something like, personally, I'm one of those people who's like, I don't, I don't do well working for other people. I just uh-huh. don't. Um, and so it's something I had always had on the horizon of like wanting to be my own boss in that. Yeah. But it scared the crap out of me because yeah. of all the things like, I'm like, I taxes. How do you do taxes? Yeah. Stuff like that. <laughs> you um, get a tax guy. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah. So like all of that stuff, you know, scared me until it was like, I was kind of f- almost forced into it or it was like, it was a better situation. Yeah. Um, but then I've learned, like, I actually can get excited about learning just about business side of things. Yeah. Too. Yeah. Especially when it's your own, you can apply yeah. it and, and really sort of dive in. Yeah. We've, we've kind of got my whole family is, um, I mean, meaning my, my husband and my kids, um, mm-hmm. everybody's kind of has their own business right now, which is, which is pretty cool. <laughs> my husband also works for an engineering firm, but you know, f- for his main job, but everybody's got a side gig. So yeah, <laughs> it, it runs in the family. <laughs> did he, did he already have his own side gig when you decided to get your side gig? No, he or- started it afterwards. He was, he was sort of, we tag team, um, we finished college um, and then tag team um, jobs that were sort of uh, we were floating around a little bit, trying to figure out where we were supposed to be and what we wanted mm-hmm. to do. And um, he stumbled across his and I was at the ad agency and then we were going to have our second baby. And um, I was like, wow, I really I just want to kind of have a little more time to be home and mm-hmm. and do it a little differently. And so he's like, all right, I'll take the ball and run with it. And I'm like, okay, I'll do the home stuff. You do the, you bring home the bacon, I'll fry it up in a pan kind of thing. <laughs> we did a really good job of back and forth. You know, when, when our older son was little, um, Bub was home with him and then, and then we, we tag teamed it. And, and now it sort of allows me to be a little bit more creative and mm-hmm. have more time to, you know, not worry so much about the money. So I'm super right. fortunate with that, that I don't have to completely rely on that. Yeah. How was it though? I mean, four-year-old and a newborn Mm -hmm. (laughs) thinking back to then starting out your own like independent business. What was that like? Oh, that was a big old, what the hell am I doing? (laughs) You know, you know how that feels. Uh It's hard. Um, Yeah. They ended up going back to daycare. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. I I got really busy um, out of the gates and, and stayed in that position for probably the first I don't know, 12 to 15 years. And then, um, when we moved to Colorado, um, and, and came back, then it sort of switched, um, back to having a little bit more time, but yeah, I mean, it was still, I thought, okay, 14 hour days is no longer going to be a thing. And it totally is. A thing. <laughs> it just, it was endless, but I had a really great list of clients and, you know, I loved the work and it just got to be a lot. It was, it was, um, uh, really great word of mouth, I have to mm-hmm. say, from, mm-hmm. from, and a good response from people. So when did the hobby side of things start factoring in? I, well, we, our first house in Grimes, which I think you said you went to, yep. um, we did remodeling in that house and hired people for it. And I, I was so frustrated by 
not being able to get what I wanted. And I couldn't really explain myself because I didn't really know anything about um, materials in general, you know, what works, how does it work? And, and in my graphic design world, it was super easy because, you know, I understood paper and text and printmaking and, the, you know, and all that stuff. And um, when I was trying to convey to these contractors that would come to the house, they were like, no, we're just doing down and dirty. You know, we're going to get our supplies from, from the big box store and this is what we're going to build. And I was like, that is not what I want. You know, I like, kept thinking, I want somebody, you know, that's an artist. And then I started thinking, well, wait a minute, I'm kind of an artist. <laughs> like, maybe I should do this myself. So I sort of dove in you know, head first with, um, started with mural painting and, and doing stuff in the kids' rooms that I thought would be kind of fun and, and, uh, would change, you know, so I knew mm -hmm. that if I didn't like it or they outgrew it, then we could just update it. Mm -hmm. And then I hired, um, a friend, um, to build some shelves and I sort of watched him build the shelves and I thought, well, hell, I think I can do that. And so once I started investing in proper tools, you can just about do anything you want. You know, it was, right. like, it was like the tools were the gateway, you know, like, huh, well, this is much easier if I just have a saw, <laughs> you know, a job saw and, and uh, some sandpaper and, you know, I mean, right. it's all trial and error, but. Well, and, and at that point you didn't have the university of YouTube to go no, to. Uh -uh. No, that was, that was hopefully you get it right the first time. Otherwise it's going to cost you kind of a thing, so, you know, pretty careful. Um, and, and I'm definitely made a lot of mistakes in, in learning and, and trial and error, but I had the, um, you know, my, my uh, family was super flexible about, mm -hmm. you know, letting me build something. And if it didn't work out, we just rebuilt it you know, which was, I, I hung shelves and, and they drooped and they fell. And, and I was like, this is not right. There's gotta be a better way. If people can hang floating things. And now if I got to hang some, everything I build is really heavy. Mm -hmm. And uh, when it comes to furniture and everything, you know, cause we're using huge pieces of lumber yes. and everything is really sturdy and can endure, um, my family's, um, I guess, intensity. <laughs> they break stuff. So yeah. you know, I can make stuff to last. So I've, I've learned a lot. Hi makers. Today's episode is brought to you by toolmomstore.com. Toolmom and company is for all ages, genders. They have what you need for your one-stop tool related merchandise of gifts and clothing. Uh, the products are fun, fashionable, one-of-a-kind. In fact, I have two of the mugs. Uh, one has a circular saw with flames coming off of it. It says, Go Girl. Another one has the definition of a tool chick. Both of them are super awesome, and I have coffee out of them almost every morning. So check out toolmomstore.com or find them on Instagram at toolmombonnie. You can receive an extra 20% off at a checkout by using the code MAKERMOM. Was, I mean, <clears throat> your dad had, you know, a shop of tools and stuff. So uh -huh. was there, were you intimidated at all about picking up that first like saw to use on uh -huh. your own? No, my dad, my dad really had basic tools, but he was super crafty. So, um, he had a table saw that would chop your fingers clear off. I mean, it was really dangerous. <laughs> um, never really had a drill. He always used that brace and bit, um, got that one. I, I got a regular drill when I got a little bit older, but, 
um, he did everything by hand. So I kind of watched him, you know, craft from really, uh, I, don't, I don't even really know how to describe that. Like um, just working with templates and things like mm -hmm. that. He had a way of getting whatever he wanted to make in a very artistic way rather than, you know, a standard way. And he had built shelves in our house and, you know, cabinets and, and um, our house is pretty creative looking growing up. So no, he didn't, I was not afraid. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> did he help at all in your learning process as an adult with your house? I would say, yeah, we chat, we chatted about different projects. I can't pull any uh, right off the top of my head, but I, I could definitely ask him questions and, and, and pick for expertise and, and stuff on how he did it. Cause I have a couple of pieces of furniture that he made uh, growing up. There's a coffee table and stuff and there's no, you can't see any of the nails. You can't see any of the glue and it's very, very thin. He made it in college. And it's, I mean, it's one of those pieces just like, dang, how did he even do that? And it was so modern, you know, for the mm -hmm. time it's kind of in the sixties when he had built that. So, yeah, I mean, it, he was, he, he's really good for, if you have um, something you make multiple parts of it and he's like, oh, that needs a template or let's, you know, we've got a weird angle that needs a template. You know? So <laughs> I am I'm big on templates. Big on templates. <laughs> definitely help. So, yeah. Uh, what was the first big thing you made? Um, first big thing I made, uh, probably the, the, the scariest one is my uncle Joe, my dad's brother had called and said, I hear you're making stuff out of wood. Um, would you make us a, uh, dining room table that we can use as a family heirloom to pass down to our kids? And I said, yeah, I mean, that would be awesome. I said, bub just got this, uh, walnut tree. My, my family's always cutting down trees and, and salvaging things, you know? So, um, we went and he had milled the lumber and I was kind of PO'd because I, the way it was milled was, I was expecting big flat slabs to come back and it was milled into these like four by six chunks. So I was fairly upset that this walnut tree, I'm like you killed it. <laughs> but, um, anyway, it worked out perfect for my uncle Joe's, um, table. So I just finished milling it down and, and had gotten a joiner and a planer at that time. And, um, made it all flush and square and made a really neat, square walnut table it had like a a crisscross base to it I, I think it's on my website you can check mm -hmm. it out too but yeah that was the first one it was really fun and terrifying to deliver because it was very neatly finished you know like it was, looked like an expensive piece of furniture and then when I got done with it I was like oh my god I don't even know how I did that <laughs> so anyway filled with love that table is <laughs> well what was I mean what was what was terrifying about that table? I was just afraid I, I kind of you know as far as having finishing skills I I didn't know much about you know what was going to last on a final table that's going to get a lot of handprints mm. and use and what's going to keep it from denting. And then I, you know, I was learning at the time that walnuts are really hard wood and, and it can take your family banging on it. And, mm -hmm. um, as far as, you know, what to finish it with and stuff, it, that just came with practice of trying a bunch of different things. And, um, I got pretty lucky on that one. It still looks beautiful. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, I, I, I don't, I kind of forgot what your question was. <laughs> What what you found terrifying about yeah, it was terrifying. I you took me right back there. I like got scared. 
was I was really afraid about the the you know if it was gonna dent or last. And I really wanted them to not have to call me and say, hey, <laughs> remember that table you made? It's crap. <laughs> no, they still love it. So it's going well. <laughs> what was, I mean, uh, why were you, I guess, why, why the hesitation in your skills to make something that would last? I just had never made anything um, really, really sort of fancy before, you know, everything was a little bit more rustic and, and, um, I had built a lot of things for myself and I'd done a lot of tile work and drywall work and, you know, um, stuff in people's homes, but not necessarily a piece of furniture. And so when I made that piece of furniture, I was like, that one is really, it kind of needs to be really special and refined. And then when I made it, I was like, oh, well, crap, I think I can do this. You know, like this could be really fun. So I, I liked the freedom of being able to make the rustic stuff and then also make the refined stuff. And, and, and then it sort of brought a new avenue, like everything is open to what people suggest. And I'm not really as afraid to try. And I usually tell people, um, I had, um, somebody had called me for a project that needed to be welded, uh, because I wanted to work with a woman. And I was like, Oh, well, I don't know how to do that, but <laughs> let's give it a go. So uh, after a lot of trial and error, and um, I got some really good help by just asking questions from, you know, a few metal workers here around town and um, they were really great, you know, and, and you know, I finally got it to powder coating and then I had to take it back a couple of times and rebuild it. And then I learned, you know, like, like this is why you use this. And I had, I had learned that I had picked the hardest project ever to start with for welding. <laughs> so um but I got it now. I got, I got the materials. Yeah. I got the equipment. I got to like, <laughs> so, give it a go. <clears throat> with like, so with the, like the table, mm-hmm. was it your design or your yeah. uncle's design? Well, it was, it was a collaboration really. I mean, he had said we wanted to be square and then they had talked about what they wanted the base to look like. And um, yeah, we kind of did it together, mm-hmm. but yeah. And then the projects that you like work on now, is it all like, is it people coming to you? Uh, yeah, I, I, I have, it, it generally comes around. Here's my dog. This is Hank. <laughs> he wants pets. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. He's very tall. He wants to go outside, but he might have to wait a minute. Sorry, Hank. <laughs> so, anyway. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It, it goes word of mouth. It mostly okay. how it always works. So that, that works pretty good. And so does, I was, it feels like, I mean, you've spent years working with clients in graphic design and design mm-hmm. work. Is it similar? I mean, is it a similar process for you when you're designing a piece for them? Yeah. I like that. I think my favorite part is the collaboration part, you know, and sitting and brainstorming with somebody. Cause a lot of times they'll come to the table and they say, well, this is what I have an idea for, but I'm not really sure how to get to the end result. Uh, can you help me make it? And um, the the personal projects, the graphic design, of course, is comes pretty easy to me. And um, just by seeing people and meeting people, you can kind of get an idea what their style is and what they would like, and mm-hmm. and and what's going to work for them. And um, same with uh, the personal stuff. Like there there was a project I recently did uh, for a good friend of mine. Um, she had given me a cherry table that was an heirloom uh, to her family. 
And um, she was the only, the sole owner of it. And she wanted to be able to share it with her brother. So she's, she gives me this beautiful antique cherry table and says, um, do what you want with it. Take it apart, make something else. And I was like, oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) And it's an antique and I love antiques. So um, that took me a little while. I had to completely dismantle it. I stared at it for a really long time and Mm -hmm. had to dismantle it. And, And then she's like, no, seriously, make what you want. And I'm like, I'm just not, I'm stuck. So we went back to the the table and uh, uh, and sat and talked about it a little bit more. And and um, she's like, well, what about, you know, like serving trays or something like that? And I said, okay, a couple serving trays. Great. That's a jumping off point. So as soon as I cut into the table and started repurposing it, then the ideas popped up and I, I had enough for, um, enough lumber for two serving trays and a bench and a, a really neat wooden box so it all came out pretty neat but I was I I had no idea what we were making (laughs) yeah it was good to go back and chat with her because I had trouble getting getting the and getting through the antique part (laughs) see and and now you're gonna take me down this hole of uh I've got a set it was a, a nursery set that my great great grandfather made out of walnut uh-huh. he he made it for my mom to oh, cool. to you know sleep in when my grandma was pregnant with her so uh-huh. it's a crib that definitely does not meet safety standards of today <laughs> and uh um, well, used to put babies in a drawer so i guess that's uh, what I mean, but at least it was a crib right <laughs> yes it was it was it's a crib and then a dresser um and you know it's been then passed down to the the uh eldest girl along the way um so I slept in it and you know that was my dresser and crib and it was not my daughter's uh uh, crib um (laughs) but you know it had it had it had just been I mean it'd been in storage you know for so long um that's and and my great-great-grandfather was self-taught and didn't understand things like wood movement and so like yeah there's probably like 1200 screws. <laughs> like, I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty intense. <laughs> that could have been the cut and paste of the years to get yeah. it back together too. Yeah. <laughs> so fall apart. <laughs> I know, but so I've had it, it's sitting in my basement and awesome. the dresser, the dresser needs work too. I really want to refinish it, but that will probably stay a dresser, but you know, I got a request out of my grandma. She's like, you know, I don't care like what you do with it or what mm-hmm. you make out of it, but please like repurpose it. Don't just yeah. like, don't just toss it. Don't just toss it. Yeah. And I, I agreed, but I'm like, I'm just sitting there staring at all of these, like, I don't know. They're like one inch by one inch square spindles. Oh yeah. All, all of them warped. <laughs> I'm like, how do I, <laughs> how do I take <laughs> that apart and repurpose it Yeah. Um, into something new Oh, you know, be passed down, continue to be passed down. Um, So yeah, I've been, I've been staring at mine for years and haven't been able to figure out that something's (laughs) going to hit you one of these days and be like, you know what I need? I need one of these. And I know right where to get the lumber from, you know, like, yeah, those are the fun projects. That's what I would love to do full time. And, and I'm working on, you know, trying to figure out technology in order to support that, like, do you do Pinterest in order to get business? Do you, you know, I th- I'm kind of down to that solution. Like that would work best for me. And, yep. and ah, that learning curve, it's killing me softly. 
Well, I mean, it's a whole new, I mean, yeah, let's, I guess let's chat about that a little bit. Mm -hmm. So word of mouth, it sounds like has been predominantly, and that worked obviously amazingly well for your graphic design business. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, how, when you pivoted to turning your hobby into a business, Mm -hmm. like how do you start spreading word of mouth that, oh, I'm doing things out of wood now versus... Well, design. the interesting thing is, is that it all falls into place. Strangely enough, it seems like it, I am better working on one thing at a time um, when it comes to that. Cause then I have full focus and I'm getting a little bit older where, you know, I don't want to do 20 projects at the same time anymore and shuffling and juggling and all that is like, it just takes away from that one piece that I'm working on. Mm-hmm. So I like uh, one at a time and they generally seem to roll in or somebody will call and say, hey, I have this thing I want you to work on, but no rush. Mm-hmm. So a friend of mine has a piano, you know, that she wants me to work on. And she's like, just call me in, in the spring or after your next project when you can fit it in. So there's a few waiting in the sidelines like that, which is kind of mm-hmm. nice. If I get a empty hole, then I can just call and, and say, hey, ready to work on that piano you know right, <laughs> right. so it's so so then I guess that begs the question like why even look at the social media realm? yeah that's what my kids said I'm like you know what it would be nice to uh just post it and there's something weird about I don't know maybe you tell me how you feel about it you're really good at it um I I appreciate you know the videos and and all that stuff I I just everybody's like I want to see what you're making And I'm kind of like, well, I would like to share what I'm making, (laughs) but I feel like sometimes it's weird, you know, when you, when you feel like I'm tooting my own horn (laughs) and they're like, that's dumb. Don't talk like that. Just put it out there. People just want to see. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. You know what? And, and you've been a really good inspiration for that too. And I'm like, Katie is fearless. She can just get out there and, and, and post stuff and knock it out of the park. And I, I love that. So I'm following your lead on that. friends, I wanted to tell you about an awesome brand I discovered that you might love as well. Have you ever spent a ton of money on clothing that was supposed to be high performance only for it to end up at the back of your closet because it just doesn't fit right? I personally hate when this happens. I get excited about a new pair of work boots and then I'm disappointed to find out they just weren't designed for me. Discovering Athena Outfitters was a game changer for me. Athena Outfitters is a quality workwear brand for hardworking women. All of their items are handpicked to meet the needs of women in the trades, not just sized down versions of items designed for men. They've got great workwear essentials like comfortable, soft, and safety toe boots and options for my active lifestyle when I'm off the clock as well. Shopping with Athena Outfitters saves me time and energy because I always know I'm getting a high-quality product that also looks and feels great. Next time you're looking for gear with grit, check out AthenaOutfitters.com. That is A-T-H-E-N-A Outfitters.com. And use special code at checkout MM15 to get a 15% discount because you listen to the Maker Mom podcast. I don't know if that's good or bad. <laughs> it's good. I think it's good. <laughs> I think I think I totally agree. It's it it took me at time to mm-hmm. get over the whole just like you said, I feel like it's tooting my own horn or I'm talking about myself too much. And like I definitely am not a person who 
wants to spend time talking no, and you about myself. You yeah. Come off like that at all, you know? And I'm like, so, why? It takes finding your voice, I think, yeah. and finding the why behind mm-hmm. why you're posting. Yeah. Um, for me, it's being able to inspire others in particular to inspire mm-hmm. women in general. So that's what continues to drive me mm-hmm. to post. Yeah. Um, but, you know, and to be quite honest, like, I've had plenty of women on the podcast who their only sales funnel is through Instagram or uh-huh. Facebook. Um, none of those have turned into sales funnels for me. Mm-hmm. That's not yeah. how I get my sales at all. Yeah. Um, so that was always another kind of sticking point for a really long time of like, why do I continue to post stuff when it's not right. like, cause that originally that's why I got on there is to drive sales. Yeah. Um, but yeah. then I found community and I found mm-hmm. other people, other women reaching out and being like, oh, I'm going to try power carving because I've watched all of your process videos. Can you hear me, Alicia? I think we froze up. Can you hear me, Alicia? Oh, there. yes. No, I was. Uh, I turned. I I turned the video off because sometimes when it freezes up, <clears throat> if video is off, it just works better. So okay. I knew once I turned it off, it would eventually kick back. Okay. <laughs> well, go back to what you were saying. I'm like, <laughs> I, like I missed part of it. But. Um, I was just saying that. Um, it, it took a while to understand why to post because it wasn't mm-hmm. driving sales. But then after a, a few, you know, women reached out and said they were going to start power carving or give it a try after watching all of my process videos. Yeah. That's super motivating. It's super motivating. Yeah. 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 Um, I love that. So, so it was finding community, a way of yeah. finding community. Cause I think we, we talked about a little in your test run, like I don't have any friends when, in real life. In my real yeah. life circle of friends that do what, do what do. I do. <laughs> right. Me either. Yeah. Me either. I have a lot of, cre- I have creative friends, but I have a lot of, there's a lot of people. It kind of makes me sad when people are saying all the time that, oh, I'm not creative. I'm not creative. I'm like, everybody is inherently creative. I mean, it just mm-hmm. depends on how it filters out for you. It doesn't mean right. putting a paintbrush on a canvas, you know, right. or working in a wood shop. It could be could be math or physics or writing or what, I mean, whatever you dig. Right. <laughs> so, right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't have anybody else in my circle to talk to that. Uh, <laughs> one of my little sisters pointed out, she happened to come with me to a, to a show. Um, and somebody came up and asked me about the process of creating one of my tables. And, mm-hmm. and, and, uh, you know, 20 minutes later, he walks away and she's like, I have never seen you be a bigger geek in my life. Like, she's like, just like, she's like, you totally geeked out with that yeah, guy. Yeah, that's awesome. I love it. <laughs> you want to see me geek out? I can be a geek yeah, in my yeah, world. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you I know, but, but they don't get it. And my yeah. friends don't get it. And it's like, not that they don't enjoy hearing about what I do, mm-hmm. but it's like, they are not going to get in the details about like this angle grinder versus this angle right, grinder. Right. And I like that. I yeah. like, like, why this power tool? Why that power tool? Right. 
What's the perks? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. social media has helped me find community of other people doing what I do mm-hmm. um, and create real friendships, even, you know, yeah. uh, when we've had chances to meet at like conferences and stuff like that. Uh, That's very cool. Outside. Yeah. Of just I can, social. I can see that developing down the line. Cause it is, I mean, it is really nice to be able to chat with people that um, have similar interests, of mm-hmm. course. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think that the Pinterest thing, um, you know, or like working through Instagram and, and Facebook, mm-hmm. um, Facebook sort of became a family deal and, and Instagram is like friends that mm-hmm. I haven't connected with for a long time, but it's kind of fun, but it doesn't really drive business, I would say, mm-hmm. but I would really like, you know, the, the, the main thing, um, is, to get people to look at stuff on my website because I can't sell something, you know, because each project that comes through, comes through is like a, it's specific to the person right. that needs it or wants it. So it's almost like you got to drive business to your website to be able to get them to look and say, Hey, there's a million different things here. What is her focus? Well, there isn't really one. It just depends <laughs> on your creative need, you know? Right. So yeah, it's hard to explain that to people in, in a one-liner. <laughs> I'm like, and what do you do? Yeah, that's another thing that I recently chatted with <clears throat> another maker friend of mine is that Instagram has become, especially if you post more still photos, I tend to do more videos, but it has become a ongoing portfolio mm-hmm. of your work. Yeah. So even if you don't have a website, it still mm-hmm. gives you a place to point people to, mm-hmm. to say like, well, you can just look through all of the past projects yeah. I've done right yeah. there. Yeah. I have so much trouble with that before and after shot, you know, like, um, I like, do I stick a big word before in the middle of it and do a big <laughs> after, you know, like, like having well, a quick, I, the idea of doing a video is great because then you could do a quick explanation because people don't want to sit and read, you mm-hmm. know, your entire, um, portfolio on what, you, what you've done with one project. And I'm like, mm-hmm. just look at the pictures and give them a quick video. Here's what it was. This is what it is. And you know, mm-hmm. I love that. So yeah, I, it, it'll be interesting to see how, uh, I, I can learn or sort of figure that out as a move forward, but that's a, probably the biggest challenge. Otherwise, and it's, like, it's an, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that's just it. And it, it takes more time, right? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I have, I've, it's taken four years now, but I've learned to, especially if I get to have more than one day in the shop mm-hmm. uh, in a week that one of those days I will spend the majority of the time taking video of everything I'm doing. And then mm-hmm. that creates my content for the rest of the week and maybe even into the next week. Mm-hmm. So that the second day in the shop, I don't even go to my phone at all. Yeah, I'm nice? just working. And, and then you, <laughs> you can know? just work and enjoy. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. Cause it takes great. so much more time. <laughs> a lot of time. I'm like, is this worth it to, you know, sort of navigate that? Or do you just find some, somebody that is more interested in that than, than yourself? You know, like I, I keep wondering, should I hire my son to do that? Should I find an intern that would like to <laughs> run with it? I, I would say, so if you can, I would say, if you can do it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Are your kids interested in that stuff? Like, oh, my, uh, my oldest, uh, my son, David, he is definitely like the more tech guy. Like, mm-hmm. you know, he's, he's seven and a half. He has his Nintendo switch. He knows the in and outs of all the video games. And then, you know, 
and then he'll pick up my camcorder or he'll make little videos with his sister on my phone mm-hmm. or you know or he's always like with my dance videos he'll be like oh mom you should totally do this for your <laughs> next dance video you know so That's super fun <laughs> yeah so he could totally get into that role um and and in my past life I messed around a, for a couple years as a videographer doing like weddings and stuff so okay I have experience but I'm not like it's not something I'm excellent at and it's taken a lot of time yeah and it has definitely it's like one of those top things for me that the second I have enough money to pay somebody to do that I am paying (laughs) somebody to do it (laughs) done not doing this anymore Yeah. yeah yeah because uh, I like the making part, right? Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's what I want to be doing. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I agree. I mean, I and I and I love watching other people's videos, but I don't want to make them. <laughs> I mean, if I could figure out a way to do it without it being so, I don't know, troublesome, it, it would be a lot easier. But I don't with know. the so when you said in your introduction about like the heirloom pieces and then you mentioned Mm -hmm. the table that you turned into a bunch of different things Uh is that do you do that with a lot of different projects or is it like are you like refinishing pieces like what kind of it has been um up until this point so that whole part is fairly new like I've probably done that um for the last maybe three years Mm -hmm. and um all the stuff before that was sort of um, remodeling and, and building things specifically for whatever people's needs were. And then when I decided that I didn't really want to go into people's homes and do custom, like, um, there's, there are a couple of the really big projects, like I remodeled a bathroom and I remodeled a kitchen mm. and I remodeled an outdoor patio area, you know, and, um, um, a kid's room that was like two big rooms, and, um, I ended up hiring a guy to come and build my designs because it was just, too much, you know, he needed two, two guys to help him lift everything. I'm like, I can't keep up with these projects unless I have a team. And I'm not really one to, I didn't really want to build a team, you know, Mm -hmm. wanted to just do the work and, and do the designs. And I thought this doesn't feel quite as satisfying as actually doing it with my own hands. So I thought, how can I sort of morph it? And, um, when I got to the point of doing the heirloom table for my uncle Joe, I was like, oh, well, you know, what if I just do stuff that I can build in the shop and take it somewhere? Or if somebody needs an installed, you know, cabinet or whatever, you know, that that is made out of something that they had like old lumber from a family farm or, you know, something like Mm -hmm. that. Um, That would be easier for me to handle rather than um, doing all the remodeling myself. So I'm quite capable of the remodeling. I just don't want that remove my shop, take it to your house, do the project, you know, put my shop back, that, that kind of thing. So, yeah. And then I just decided, I feel, I feel like there's a better connection. Um, my son asked me, he's like, what, what, what's your goal, mom? What do you want to do? I'm like, you know what? I just really want to make people happy cry. That's what I want to do. I want to hand them something that they didn't expect. And I want them to happy cry and love it forever, you know, and then hand it down. That's what I want to make. <laughs> he goes, oh, so this could be a good marketing line. You could make people cry for a living. <laughs> and my friend Tina agreed. She was yes. like, oh, totally make people cry for a living. That's awesome. <laughs> So, yeah. And I, I think that's like a 
super, even though like the world, like the world of like woodworking is huge. Right. Mm -hmm. But like what you just described is super niche. Like it is really Mm -hmm. super niche as far as like, especially taking somebody's heirloom and repurposing it in some way or making it from, you know, uh, lumber, like you said, from someone's old family farm or whatever. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That personal connection through line, like versus just like a commissioned, whatever, brand new piece, you know, yeah, Yeah. it's different. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Yeah. That's what I hope for, but it is hard to explain that to people. So that's, I guess that's where the, maybe the Pinterest stuff comes in. You're like, if somebody's looking for something special, then how do they find me? You know, (laughs) the people that I know. Exactly. Well, you know, honestly, I struggled with like now I have a tagline that I essentially paid somebody for because I could not wrap mm-hmm. my head around how mm-hmm. do I explain what I do? I mean, I make pieces and then I make them really brightly colorful uh-huh. and <laughs> hope that other people like it. But that's, yeah. What, yeah. that's what I do. And I couldn't explain it really. I had a hard time explaining my yeah. niche and it was like it a, a rambling on like yeah. half hour later, you might get what I do. <laughs> I did the same thing. You, lose, you usually lose people after the first sentence, they sort of glaze over yeah. and they're like, so you like make stuff and, yeah. and they don't really like, okay. Yep. That's what I do. <laughs> I'm yes. like, sorry. I'm like, I'm going to work on that. Exactly. <laughs> so I went, I went and took a weekend, uh, an extended weekend long course down in new Orleans with, um, a a woman who's in marketing and she Mm -hmm. wanted to work with creatives, you know, uh, to help their own small businesses. So there's like six of us, I think. Mm -hmm. So she had a really small group. Yeah. Really small group. And she just had like us fill out all this information and really dive into like what our brand was and answering all these questions. And, She's the one who came up with my, you know, I make heirloom quality wood artwork for bold homes that came from her. Uh And I'm like, wow, that's really concise. And it actually paints (laughs) a picture of like what I do, Yeah, (laughs) you know? Yeah. Um, So yeah, again, I would say, you know, if you can't come up with, pay somebody, (laughs) pay somebody else. Well, I have on my website, I I was trying to come down to a couple words and it says ideas made. And that was about as far as I got. And I'm like, it is a lot of ideas made, but there's, there's a special part to it that I couldn't right. quite figure out how to get it in there. So yeah, that's in the process of all being reworked. It's that technology side that's holding me up. <laughs> yeah. Today's sponsor is Rasp and File Designs. Rasp and File was created to give new life to old things and create spaces that feel timeless, unique, and warm. Your home and business should be your sanctuary, a place of solace, and your personal piece of art. The owner and woodworker behind Rasp and File Designs is Lauren Matthews. And you can follow along and find out more information on Instagram. Just look up Rasp Filed Designs or on the internet at rfdesigns.squarespace.com. Yeah. So I think you mentioned your helpers and I'm guessing that means, uh, your kiddos were your helpers. Yeah. And my men, my, my (laughs) husband, my husband, Bubba and Harry and Max, my sons and, um, yeah, anybody else that we might recruit. Um, my, my son, Harry's, uh, best friend, high school, 
Adam is, is, was also recruited. And now he's like, uh, if we invite him over, we always joke. I'm like, Oh, I need to move some furniture around. He's like, Oh man, I'm not coming over. I'll make lasagna. If you come over. (laughs) So yeah, no, I had a lot of people that would just show up and help me shuffle things from here to there. And, and then a a few paid young people with big muscles was pretty nice. So, (laughs) so I mean, it had to be totally normal or normalized then for your kiddos to grow up yeah with mom just doing all of these things yeah yeah i i think i think my kids think it's normal and think it's weird all at the same time because you know we'll go places and, and i'll say oh we can make that and they're like oh you're the only person that says that can i just buy it but, but i have i have in turn raised two really creative kids and now they both make a lot of the stuff that they have. And, and I'm super proud of that, you know, you know, Mm -hmm. to be able to share that with them and, and have them come up with their own ideas or call and say, Hey mom, what do you think about this? Or how, how could I get this done? Or can I use a shop this weekend? You know, that kind of thing. So I was just going to ask, do they come and steal your shop then for, yes, they do. Yes, they do. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm happy to lend it out. Most of the time I'm happy to lend it out. I say, if I, they put it back, where they found it. Exactly. <laughs> that would be key. Yeah. yeah. If yeah. I had had access at that young of an age to, you know, a functional shop, I imagine I would have spent yeah. a lot of time there. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought, I thought it was funny that you said that. Cause I was thinking about my old shop teacher in eighth grade mm-hmm. and um, yeah, I wish I would have realized, I mean, I knew I loved doing that class. I was the only class that I looked forward to every day. If I would have mm-hmm. realized then um, what, I could have done with it, you know, earlier, like I never thought that it was an option. It just didn't occur to me, you know, if you're going to do work when you get out of school that you could actually be like a woodworker or you could, you know, do something that like I'm doing, I would have never dreamed that what I'm doing now is what I would have done as a kid. Why, why do you think it didn't occur to you? Or I don't know. Nobody ever really talked about it. I mean, my dad never made me feel afraid that I couldn't be creative, but it just never, I didn't know that I would really want to be in a wood shop, even though when I went to the art Institute, they had a full wood wood shop and I went down there and did a few projects, but, um, I don't know. I just, we didn't talk about it. Not going to make a living at, at, at doing that. And I didn't want to make cabinets, you know, so, you know, I didn't want to be like a cabinet maker. I wanted to mm-hmm. do something else. And, and, um, I don't know. It didn't feel like it existed at that time, but now that you're in it and you look back, Mm -hmm. you think, Oh, people have been doing this for a gazillion years, you know, and enjoying. Or even I didn't even know until I started this and started talking to other people that I could have gotten a degree in Mm -hmm. product design or furniture design or industrial, any of those things. I was like, I I didn't even know those things existed. Yeah. (laughs) I knew they existed, but I didn't see myself in that position. I just didn't know that. I didn't know what I didn't know. I guess I didn't know which questions to ask to <laughs> get into it. Yeah. Yeah. Have right. you, I mean, then have you had any experience like relating as far as being a, a woman in this field? Um, like difficult experience, you mean? Yeah. Uh, or, you know, I, I love relating with other women that are in um, the arts period. It's, I think it's really neat across the board to be able to find, um, people that are not afraid to get out and and be creative and and follow a passionate passion. And, um, but like woodworking, it feels like 
you know, I see people online all the time and stuff and, and, and you've sort of created that community. I don't have that community for myself at all. I've met, I think one other woman here locally. Uh, no, I would say I take that back uh, to my old neighbor, um, did a lot of, um, woodworking stuff and, and, um, I wouldn't, well, I guess when I, when I go to the hardware store, you kind of get that, Oh, Hey, little lady, what can yeah. I help you find? You know, that kind of thing. I'm like, yeah. Oh my God, stop it. <laughs> but I, the, the people you know, at our, at our local big box are kind of recognize me and stuff in there now. I'm like, Oh, what are you working on this week? And so, um, yeah, that's, that's an interesting transition. It, it can feel very condescending, but I think I put together a pretty good set of resources to where I, purchase things and share ideas and, and things like that. And they're pretty all open. So. But even like putting that together, mm -hmm. those resources challenging, <clears throat> was it, I mean, did you feel like it was challenging to find the right place? I did. Space? I did. I thought, you know what, the, the more that I um, just flat out asked um, the, the better it got. And I had less pushback I had a lot of, you know, like raised eyebrows from men in particular, like, oh, mm -hmm. well, what are you going to do with that? You know, or how are you going to make mm -hmm. that? Or that's not what that's used for. And I'm like, it doesn't matter. We're being creative. <laughs> right. We can do it any way we want. <laughs> you know, like, and if I, if I push back enough with that and say, don't you worry your pretty little head about it, I'm going yeah. <laughs> yeah. to make something cool. And if you want to see a picture of it when I'm done, because they're like shaking their head the whole time, I'm like, I'll be happy to send you a picture. And then, mm -hmm. and then they usually come back and go, well, I'll be damned. I didn't think that that was going to work, you know, so <laughs> and like proven wrong by just doing it and, and sharing the ideas was kind of earning, earning mm -hmm. um, some respect, I guess that way. I like, I hate to say respect, but it, it, yeah. it boils down to that a little bit. So I'm going to ask you this question. Do you think any of it plays in that you are a little bit older getting into this space as a woman? Uh, yeah, I would say, I mean, and I would say it's not easy at any age, you know, mm -hmm. like uh, just being in ad, ad agency world and, um, uh, then switching into any company that is, is, is male oriented. My dog is like, yeah. <laughs> can you see him? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> He's trying to put his head on my pet keyboard. Um, yeah, no, it was really hard breaking into that scene and, yeah. and even just being younger and, and trying to figure out where to fit in and um, getting a little age under my belt, I guess, was he slobbed me. That's why I'm trying to get this shit off my head. <laughs> Sorry. You're good. You're good. <laughs> Gross, Hank. Um, yeah, no, that was very hard. It was, it was very hard. And I think that the older I got, the easier it got. But I also got to the point where I'm a little less... Um, worried about what other people think, you know, and you just, you just say, this is what I'm doing. I don't really need your approval. Right. And, um, I'm, I'm making this for another person and not for you. And you, you can tell me what you think if you want. I may take that information and I may not. So <laughs> right. <laughs> don't, uh, don't, uh, I'm a little less, less flexible with listening to other people's opinions. <laughs> so if they're not solicited, you know? Yeah. So I am curious when you were, when you were starting, you know, to go into these spaces and be able to ask these questions, were you always alone or did you have like Bubba with you or your kids with you? I, I'm just curious if they ended up trying to talk to the men who were with you. 
I have had that happen. Yeah. And there's been a lot of moments where, you know, I, most of the time I just go by myself um, or the kids have been with me and, and we just ask, and it's a little empowering to have your kids because you're sort of holding space for them as well, you know, yes. like as a yeah. mom. Yeah. And, um, go like, this is how we do it. Young men, this is how we get what we're looking for and being right. firm about it. And, um, yeah, no, but I have had many moments. If my husband is with me, uh, they would turn and look at him and be like, what are you building? And I'm like, uh, he's not building, he's the demo crew <laughs> and the heavy lift. And right. I am the builder, you know, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. so it's, yeah, it's, it's kind of weird to take credit for that. Cause it feels like why do you assume that, you know, mm-hmm. it would be nicer for women just to be able to be like, Oh, you're just a creative person. And that's all there is to it. Right. So, right. No gender roles is what no I'm gen- saying. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. No gender roles would be, yeah. would be nice. Yeah. Um, yeah. I have like so many questions just now as like a mom, I want to ask because about, yeah. uh, I, I think about <laughs> this, I think about this in the sense of, um, you know, I have, I have a boy and I have a girl Mm -hmm. and uh, I feel very strongly about like, okay, I want to show my daughter that it is okay to be a very strong, independent woman. Mm -hmm. She pretty much came out the womb that way, Mm -hmm. but I want to show her that you can continue to do this and you can do whatever you want to do. But then also showing my son, my, my poor kiddo, who is the only male in our household Mm -hmm. and show him that, Think of the strength that boy's going to have. Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he does. He has taken to start counting the genders of the animals in the house too, to be like, I'm not alone. I'm not alone. (laughs) That's so funny. But, you know, I sometimes struggle with like, okay, how do we teach him how to be a strong, compassionate man? Like, it's Mm -hmm. just interesting without having that as the role model within Mm -hmm. the house. Not that Mm -hmm. I think it has to be that same gender, but um, I'm just interested, I guess, in your opinion on like, like you said, holding that space with your kids there with Mm -hmm. you, like Mm -hmm. what impact do you think that had on them of just like seeing you take up that space? You know, I think it, I think it's really big. I, I kind of lost my mom at a young age. And so I, you know, as far as looking for strong women for me to follow, then um, that's always been a challenge. And I kind of wanted to raise my boys. I, you know, I want them both to be sensitive, loving, caring men and not this super macho, yeah. you know, um, type of dude. It's, it's, it's been uh that's a really hard question, Katie. Cause I, I mean, I feel like sometimes I feel like a dude, <laughs> you yeah. know, like just if, 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 you know, I just feel like, um, I have, I, my younger son is gay and my older son is not. And so there's a sensitivity, um, that lies there and that whole raising, raising these, mm-hmm. these kids, you know, the, the same, and they're, they're such different personalities. And, um, mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm answering your question or not, but they're, they're, as long as they're good, well-rounded, loving people. And I like, it, you can do anything you want to do and, um, just try everything possible. Mm-hmm. And if it doesn't work out, that's totally cool, but you're not going to be good at everything. And if you don't know how to do it, then you got to start somewhere. Mm-hmm. Right. So, um, yeah, I, I think my, my, hopefully my kids would say that 
that I'm right in saying that I've, I've taught them just to go for it. And if they don't know how, then, then ask questions mm -hmm. and no questions are stupid questions. Of course, you know, like I ask a lot of stupid questions, <laughs> so, but I get the results. And so right. I don't know. I just try to try to tell them to be exactly who they are and they don't mm -hmm. have to listen to everything. Not all grownups are right. You know, <laughs> that kind of thing is like something you're going to learn some stuff from some people. And then you're going to learn some stuff you didn't want to learn from other people and <laughs> take, take what's important and run with yes. it. Yeah, absolutely. That answer your question. I don't know if it did or not. It, I mean, I think it does. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, honestly, I, I think we can all admit that we don't know what the hell we're doing when it comes to parenting? No, I mean, God, <laughs> where's that manual at? If somebody had that, I go like, we're doing the best we can. These, these, the kids are the kids. As long as they turn out to be, you know, good, loving people, I think that <laughs> we've we've done a good job. You know, exactly. Choices, I, right? Yes, that's that's my end goal. Is like, just don't be an asshole. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's, that's a really good goal to have. We should have that on the bumper sticker. <laughs> Actually, I think I saw a bumper sticker that said that. Hopefully. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Well, one final question before I let you go. And that is like, what would be your advice to another woman who wants to like get her hands dirty a bit and, you know, pick up a skill oh. like woodworking? Go for it. Go for it. Go get yourself a really good drill ask a lot of questions and don't be afraid to try. I, I, I have one friend that is in the middle of, um, sort of finding her path right now too. And, um, it's with, you know, photography and gardening and, and she is, she's kind of going for it. You know, she got online and she started taking classes that she signed herself up for and found that some don't work and some do. And, you know, not everything is, is going to go as planned, but you can't help, but learn from every single little step mm -hmm. that you take. And, um, yeah. And if something doesn't work and you really wanted it to try again, just keep, just keep moving forward. One step is better than no steps. You know, like a lot of people sit and they're sort of frozen and, and won't pick up a paintbrush. You know, I, I, I hosted a class that some friends wanted to do, and it was funny, just the psychology behind it, these women sitting around this table with wine and cheese and blank canvases and everybody was terrified to touch the canvas. I'm like, ladies drink the wine. Right. <laughs> and I had to take one woman's hand and like put her brush on the canvas. Cause she was like, I just don't want to mess it up. I'm like, you're never going to know if you don't touch the canvas. I was like, whoosh, whoosh, there you yes. go. Now get in there and get right. better. You know, it's kind of, kind of, yeah. I just say, go for it. Yeah. Yeah. Don't be afraid. Awesome. Well, yeah. I want you to let everybody know how they can uh, find you in the online spaces. Oh, geez. Well, you're <laughs> going to get one out of me. <laughs> www.basilblue.com is my website. And, you know, all that stuff is supposed to be linked. Otherwise, look up Alicia Van Osdall uh, on Facebook and friend me or um, Instagram. I have some sort of handle. I think it it may be, I don't know. My son set it up and I, I don't even know. I can look at it here. It I, it's, it's a, uh, I don't know. It's either under Basil Blue or Alicia Van Osdall. So, um, yeah, I'm trying know. to remember in my head. I can't remember. Yeah. I always just know if I know when I see it, I know it's you who's like to post. So, but I can't remember which yeah. one it is. It's so, 
see, and I don't even know how to get to it. And I'm probably going to make it more difficult. Um, <laughs> oh, I don't know. Just look up Alicia Van Ossal, basically. Yeah. <laughs> Design, you'll find it. You'll find it. <laughs> Sorry. That's good. No. As soon as I figure it out, I will let you know. <laughs> that sounds good. Well, and I yeah. will do all the searching and make sure the links are in the show notes for everybody as well. Yeah, um, awesome. Thanks, Katie. Yeah. Thanks for chatting yeah. with me today. Yeah. Thanks for having me. It's super fun just to chat with somebody that has the same interests and stuff. Absolutely. <laughs> you keep on making. That's right. <laughs> All right. So again, that was Alicia with Basil Blue. I hope you had uh, as much fun listening to this episode as I did chatting with Alicia. I'll include links on how you can follow along with her in the description of the podcast episode on whatever app you're listening on, or you can head on over to my website, uh, freemanfurnishings.com forward slash podcast and find the links there for this week's episode and all the past episodes. If you enjoyed this week of episodes and the previous uh, weeks of episodes, please remember to hit subscribe, like, and comment. Head on over to iTunes, leave a five-star review. All of that helps the algorithms know that not only do you enjoy the podcast, but others like you may enjoy it as well. Please hop on over to Patreon. So patreon.com forward slash makermompodcast. Check out joining the tribe over there. Bunch of different tier levels to choose from that come with, you know, merch, stickers, coffee mug, t-shirt, all of the above possibly. Um, And they also come with bonus access to any additional content like live interviews that um, I am working on bringing more and more of them this year. So that is fun and exciting. Um, So yeah, just go check that out. When I am not making a podcast, you can find me designing and making furniture and other home decor for bold homes at freemanfurnishings.com and at freemanfurnishings across pretty much all of the social media. So YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, LinkedIn, Pinterest. Um, I am active on a daily basis on Instagram and TikTok, so you can see what shenanigans I am up to there, including my very cool mom dance moves, if I do say so myself. So I'd love to see you follow along with Freeman Furnishings as well. Let me know you found me through the podcast. It is Friday. Sorry. Hmm. It is Friday. We're going into the weekend, so I hope you all have a great weekend and get out and make something. See you next week. Thank you for listening to the Maker Mom podcast. You can connect with the Maker Mom community in the Facebook group page, Maker Moms. And remember, if you enjoyed listening to this episode, please subscribe, leave an awesome review, and share this out with other Maker Moms you know. Music